Welcome, welcome all. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How was your New Year's, Tyler? Not too bad. Had yeah. a few drinks and some ate lots of food. Nice. Did you make it to midnight Pacific time? Yes, we did. Made it to midnight. Made it till probably 2 a.m. So nice. definitely a, a tired night. Nice. Yeah, I, I definitely did it. I might have made it to 11 and then I stopped paying attention to anything and kind of was dozing off. So, uh, but what are you drinking today, Tyler? So drinking not the best beer, uh, good old Bud Light, Bud Light as we call it, but Bud I Light. dressed it pretty. Nice. <laughs> I mean, cup. if you're not going to drink something pretty, you might as well make it look pretty, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, today I'm drinking Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. Found right. one case at Safeway. I love it. Brings me back to the best month of the year. All right. So those are our brews. Here comes our banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter. Today we are previewing all the games happening this week. Today, which would be Monday the 2nd, we had Brentford beating Liverpool 3-1. to Targo, first impressions. Great result for Brentford. Yeah. And without Ivan Tony, their their main man up front who scores their goals. Yeah, it's Liverpool's looking real bad and I'm worrying for him at this point. I don't it's tough to say. You know, they've won their last couple games. Um Darwin Nunez definitely needs to start firing on all cylinders. He's getting some open chances and he's not scoring. But I think the I think the scoring will come. It's just Klopp can kind of push him up to that next level. Well, speaking of Jurgen Klopp and Darwin Nunez, do you agree with him that he reminds him of a young Robert Lewandowski? He kind of does. I mean, just in his physical attributes, you know, tall, fast. Um, We'll see. I mean, again, Lewandowski's a clinical finisher. I mean, he can put that ball in the back of the net from wherever. So that's what Darwin Nunez needs to start doing in order to live up to the hype of Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, for me, Darwin Nunez is only, what, 22, 23, somewhere in there? He's young. Lewandowski didn't become a clinical finisher until he was 26, 27. Man, like that's later arguable. on in his career, he became one of the best finishers in all of football. Darwin Nunez got a lot of time. Liverpool need him to step up now. So we'll see if if he can turn into that. For Liverpool fans, I'm sure they hope he does because that would be huge. I think he will. Like that. Um, you know, when Liverpool first signed him, I was thinking, wow, that's a great signing. I mean, he's – I know Sadio Mane left, and that was a huge loss, but yeah, you hope Darwin Nunez, like he said, he's young, so I think he can grow into that role and can become that man for, for Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Time will tell. All right, so that brings us to tomorrow – Tuesday the 3rd. Got a whole slate of games. First one up, Everton versus Brighton. Now this will be on Peacock for those of you who want to watch it. Most English Premier League games are on either USA, NBC, or on Peacock. Tyler, thoughts? Everton and Brighton. I mean, Everton are coming off a great result, that draw against City. Uh, Brighton coming off a, a loss to Arsenal. But they played well. They put in a couple goals. If they can not concede some goals, I think they'll they'll do well against against Everton. Having said yeah, that, I, mean, I, Everton, do, I do expect Brighton to come away with the result in that game. Yeah, I do too. Um, Everton did look good against Manchester City, pulling out a draw. Um, what a wonder goal it was for Everton. And that's where I think they'll struggle, is it did take a wonder goal to get a draw against City. So we'll see what they can do against Brighton. Should be a good game. Yeah, I mean, their defense looked really good. So if they can keep that up against a dangerous Brighton squad going forward, I mean, even against Arsenal, who is top of the league, Brighton looked dangerous and gave them, you know, quite a scare there in the second half. I thought for sure they were going to equalize before Arsenal put them away. So they did. I mean, if it wasn't for an off offside flag going up, definitely would have made the end of that game a lot more interesting. Yeah, and it was just his shoe, essentially from Brighton's aspect. So we'll see how that goes. 
Um, I think Brighton will also pull that out. Uh, I don't think it's going to be close. Everton might get one, but I think more along the lines of like a three, three, one. Yeah. It's just tough for Everton, man. Like you don't know where the goals are going to come from. Yeah. And they seem to be playing better away from home right now than they do at home. So, all right, next up we have Leicester city versus Fulham. Uh, we got Leicester coming off a 2-1 loss to Liverpool. Both goals for Liverpool were own goals from Leicester City. Yeah, that's a that's a rough one. Yeah, they were looking like the better team in that game as well. Again, Liverpool is not looking like the Liverpool sides of old. But Leicester City, I mean, they have all the quality. They're just not playing well. No, they went up 1-0-2 in that game. And again, if it's not for those own goals... They looked like they could have got a result against Liverpool. Yeah, and arguably should have. Uh, Fulham, Fulham's looking good. You know, they are looking good over Southampton last time out. Mitrovic isn't the star of the show. Surprised? Uh, he is the star of the show. You know, he is. I mean, he's he's banging in the goals for them. I mean, he missed a penalty in that in that game. Should have been three one, but he's still the their top guy up front, the big threat, so to speak, for Fulham. Yeah. Yeah, and how teams haven't gone after him to poach him away from Fulham. I, I don't know how they haven't know. either. The guy can find the back of the net. Yeah, he's always a threat. Um, what do you how do you think this game goes? I think it ends in Best a draw. At home. Draw. Okay. Uh, I think Fulham's gonna pull this out. Uh the frailties of Leicester on defense. I don't I don't see them really being able to keep Fulham out of the goal, even if it's close towards the end. All right. All right. I think Next. it'll be a draw, maybe a one, one, two, two scenario. Okay. All right. Man United versus Bournemouth. So Man United have been playing good. Um, they got the result against Wolves one zero had to get mm. Rashford off the bench to score that goal. They sat him at the beginning of that game for disciplinary issues. He, Apparently slept in and was late to a meeting. Yeah, we've <laughs> so all done had it. Had to bench him. <laughs> yeah, we all done it. <sighs> I uh, I slept in today. Matter of fact, uh, so Tyler, you might have to discipline me by not being on the next show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Bournemouth, they're coming off. I think it was a loss to Crystal Palace. Yeah, two zero. Two zero to Crystal Palace. You know they were good. They were flying high, Bournemouth, before the World Cup, and now. They they lost to Crystal Palace. I think they lost to Chelsea before that. Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of need to right this ship, get it turned around, and hopefully look to get a result against Manchester United. But I think Man United are just playing a little too well right now, and Man United will come out with the three points. Yeah, I mean, historically, Bournemouth seems to give Man United a little bit of trouble. I don't understand how or why. Uh, Man United should take care of them handily. They've been looking good. Ever since Ronaldo essentially got benched before he left, they were looking much better. I think with the, a little more unity in that locker room, they're they're flying right now. So we'll, we'll see what happens next for them. Bournemouth really need a result. I I also don't think they get it, and I don't think it's close. More along the four zero four one range. I think United going forward right now, they just look too good. Well, we'll see. Maybe new owner Michael B. Jordan for Bournemouth can rally him into a result. <laughs> Co-owner. Uh, you know, if they give him the fighting spirit of Creed, we'll see. That's right. All right. And then last up on Tuesday, we got the big one. First against third. Our boys Arsenal at home at the Emirates against Newcastle United. The surprise outfit of the season. Well, it- might be no surprise to some of those Newcastle supporters. They're they're playing well. They're coming off a draw against Leeds. But, man, they got one of the best defenses in the league. They're going to be hard to break down. That's for sure. Arsenal yeah, have their work and- cut out for them. And then they're a threat going forward with Joe Linton and Almiron. Joe Willock will make his return to the Emirates for, New- for uh, Newcastle. So we'll see. It's going to be a tough game. Yeah, it, I mean, it should be a spectacle. All eyes will be on it see if Newcastle are the real deal or if they're just beating the teams they should beat. 
I think Eddie Howe has done amazing things with the players he's bought. I mean, he might have the most wealthy team in the world, but he hasn't spent a ton of money, unlike other teams that should be above them, arguably. Yeah, I mean, think of Liverpool, the money they've spent, Manchester United, Chelsea, they've they've all spent lots of money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the player they spent the most money on in Newcastle, they Alexander Isaac hasn't even played for them and they're where they're at. No. No. So we'll see what happens. Um, Arsenal, I mean, I don't want to harp on them too much. It's hard not to being top of the league, seven points clear going into the new year. One of the best, if not the best offense, best looking, obviously, right now. I mean, last game, 4-2 against arguably one of the better sides in the league, Brighton. All four front players scored. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect game for Arteta when you have your front four players all getting a goal. Yeah, and how good does Martin Odegaard look this season? He looks phenomenal. I mean, he's not making players left and right, creating chances, getting the goals. <laughs> so it's 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 definitely fun to watch for if you're an Arsenal fan. Even if you're a neutral, they're they're fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. The free flowing football is back. Some call it Wenger ball after Arsene Wenger. I mean, Arsenal. I know I didn't t- say that they were going to win the league. I didn't predict it. By every game, you're looking more and more right there, Tyler. I, I don't want to say it, but I hope you so, are. man. You know, I hope keep so knocking too. on some wood, keep saying your prayers, and just yeah. hope. I mean, they are looking good. I mean, if, as if, we saw yes the other day, uh, Man City they're capable of dropping points. Yeah, and you know they look like they have a lot more in them, but we'll get to them here in a second. Martin Odegaard, though, I swear, if he didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes, you would think he's Brazilian. <laughs> All right, so off to Wednesday. Tyler, your game to watch for the week. Nottingham Forest against Southampton. This Cellar is gonna dwellers. Be a, I think this is going to be a feisty one, man. This is a, a juicy affair. You have or Southampton, who are uh, bottom of the table, sitting in 20th place on 12 points. And then you got Forest, who are in 18th place on 14 points. And so those relegation battles, man, those ones are always fun. They're fun to watch. Um, especially when you get to the tail end of the season, definitely towards the end. But even just now, it, it's going to be a fun game. They're, they're teams that want to get out of that relegation zone. And so these are going to be big games for them. They need to get points against the teams around them to get out of that relegation zone. And so we'll see. I think I think it'll be fun. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of those relegation battles, most of them, they're so entertaining because neither team really has any momentum going into the games. And so really fighting, how do they you know, react? Like there's something on the line. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not called football's, I guess that's the championship playoff, football's richest game. But it's just as important for Nottingham Forest and Southampton. If they can stay up, that's hundreds of millions of pounds. So we'll see how everything goes. Southampton are dangerous when they want to be, especially on the counter. And Nottingham Forest, you never know what you're going to get from them this season. You don't. You really don't. You you might get a great performance, you know, against one of the big teams, like against Mm -hmm. Chelsea. They got a draw Mm -hmm. yesterday. The other day, I think it was. I I can't remember. New Year's Eve is is a rough holiday. (laughs) And it was was actually yesterday. It was yesterday. Yeah. So. Yeah. Again, great result. So we'll see what they can do, you know, against one of the teams around them, Southampton. Yeah, I think because Southampton is Southampton is at home, I think they pull it out with a squeaky, rough and tumble one zero. Okay. Well, I hope for kind of the the sake of the league and to keep the fight interesting. I hope Forrest get a result, get the win. We'll see. I mean. That puts Forrest behind Southampton if Southampton gets the the result. We'll see. Or that's what I mean. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. You're right. I want Southampton to get a result. Keep it interesting. So then they'd be Speaking a point of above the bottom Forrest. of the table though, Tyler. Leeds against West Ham United. Yeah, Leeds coming off that draw to Newcastle. They I think they definitely got outplayed in that game, but they played well, kept the clean sheet. 
Uh, their goalie definitely had to come up with some saves, keep them in that game. And then West Ham, they're they're not looking good. Uh, David Moyes, I think he's might be in the hot seat here pretty soon. Yeah, fresh off. Um, I mean, losing their last two games. Last one was against Brentford, two zero loss. They arguably looked the better side the whole game. I don't think they did. I mean, I know that's just Brentford's style of play. They definitely like to play over the top and just kind of skip that midfield. But, I mean, yeah. some of their players at almost that second goal, it looks like they just didn't want it. Um, it was De Silva. I think he just outrun and ran and outmuscled Cresswell and got to the ball before him and slotted it home. Yeah, I mean, David Moyes is in trouble with all the talent he has available to him. That team, most coaches could take them middle of the table at the lowest. So especially after last season. Yeah, but, I, you know, you've seen the things David Moyes has done for that team. He's definitely taken them up in previous years. I think they had seventh and eighth place finishes. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if things keep going the way they are. I, you know, I wouldn't give him till the end of January before he really is in the hot seat then. I, I agree. Um, how about players to watch? I mean, you got Tyler Adams. Is he going to be back for that game? Uh, He might be. I don't, I'm not sure. I, was he injured? Did he get a suspension? He, he played in the last uh, game against Newcastle. I don't know. Newcastle. He was on the broadcast crew for NBC uh, for the Newcastle game. So I hope he's back. He's the engine room of that Leeds team. They have much more of a chance. No, Tyler Adams it. played against Newcastle. Did he? Yep. Okay. Well, I must have not watched that game all the way through. Thank you for the correction, Tyler. Um yeah, I think it's going to be a close one. Leeds is a feisty outfit. They tend to really catch you when you're not looking. I would they are. One, one draw. So I think Leeds might get a result against West Ham. Yeah. Zero. At home, West Ham's vulnerable right now. You might be onto something. All right. Next one. This is a uh, spicy affair as well. We got Aston Villa against Wolverhampton Wanderers. So, yeah, Wolves are coming off that 1-0 loss to Man United, and they looked pretty good defensively. Um, Going forward, they looked all right. It seemed like the first half of that Manchester United-Wolves game was a little cagey. Uh, It kind of opened up in the second half. So we'll see how they are going forward. It seems they're they're really missing someone in that Wolverhampton squad to put in some goals. Yeah, I mean... Roe Jimenez hasn't been the same ever since his head injury against Arsenal. Well, and he so. hasn't even been starting for Wolves. He didn't yeah. start in that Manchester United game. Yeah, hasn't been the same. He was their leading goal scorer for the longest time. So hopefully they can get someone in there. And they have so much young talent, one would think that they would. But time, you know, is not on their side this season. We'll see. They got a new coach. Going to... Do terrible his name. What is it? Lip Tiggy or Lip, Lip, something like yeah. that. Spanish the coach. Spanish coach who coached Sevilla. Yeah, and the, yeah, I think I, he's a former Real Madrid, former yes. Spain national team coach. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he will turn it around. Just we'll see how much time it takes. Yeah, and is it too little, too late at that point? And then we'll you got see. Villa on the other side. They're coming off that win against Spurs. My little. My world's smallest violin there for Spurs fans. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, I mean, Aston Villa, they have the talent. They do. They, do. they have good they players on that good team. good squad. Um, Unai Emery, he's known for taking those mid-table teams and making them into essentially teams that are fighting for Euro- uh, Europe, play, a place in Europe. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, he's got Emi Buendia playing out of his skin. Amy Martinez is coming back for their next game. Yeah, it was funny. You know, they Villa, they won uh, against Spurs. And then you looked at the last three goals scored against Hugo Lloris. It's all been Argentinians. (laughs) (laughs) I did not see that, but that is fantastic. Well, because of the World Cup. And then he comes back and Buendia scores against him. (laughs) Yeah, and he's looking like a player in Hugo Lloris that is really taking the World Cup loss hard. I mean, it's hard not to for any of these French players. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Spurs, 
I, I don't know how much longer they're going to go with Antonio Conte at this point with the way they've been playing. Boring to watch. They just sit back and defend and try to catch you on the counter. Harry Kane's not having the greatest season. Youngman Son is not having the greatest season. Richarlison, I would argue that Harry Kane's having a good season. I would say Son is not having the greatest season. By Harry, Harry Kane's, Kane's high standards, goals in. I would it's say. Just, he needs a little bit of help. Yeah. I mean, they have the firepower to be good. I just think the playing style just doesn't fit for them to be able to really take command of games. So I kind of want to talk about Spurs. So before we get yeah. into that, though, who do you think will win against that Villa Wolves game? I think Villa will win. They're at home. Uh, they're on a high after essentially destroying Tottenham. Um Wolves are, you know, they haven't been in a good run of form lately. I think Aston Villa wins two or three to one. I'm going to guess it's going to be a draw. Okay. But which brings us to our next match, Palace versus Spurs. Yes. So kind of getting into Spurs. They're kind of in a conundrum there. Like you said, Antonio Mm -hmm. Conte, he's going to be in the hot seat here soon if results don't start going their way. But then who do you play up front for Spurs? You have Harry Kane. Kulisevsky, Son, and then what do you do with Richarlison? He's coming off a pretty good World Cup. I mean, he was scoring goals for Brazil. What yeah. do you do with him? That's a great question. I've seen him he play on starting the wing in other teams. Times. Yeah. I've seen him play on the wing. Like, do you start him instead of Kulisevsky? No, you don't. I think I would yeah. put Kulisevsky. But then, I mean, the form Son's in, maybe over Son, but... maybe. Again, he's just one of those players that can score a spectacular goal at any second. Yeah, and I mean, Hyoman Son is, in my opinion, the best player on that team. So we'll, I would say Harry we'll Kane is. I mean, he's proven that year after year scoring goals for them. Yeah, but is Harry Kane as good of a player without Hyoman Son? Yes. Okay. I mean, you I see what he does Hyoman for England. Son is probably the most underrated player in the world, personally. I'm. Honestly, I am surprised Son is still at Spurs. I thought a Real Madrid or Barcelona, someone would have came and swooped him up. I agree. Uh, Palace. They play, coming they off play a Palace. Win. Palace are coming off a yeah. 2-0 win. One of the players I had mentioned, young players to watch, scored. Alise. Yeah, I was going to say, great call on that. He's looking you, like man, a he stud. Looks, he looks impressive. Yeah. Up there next to Saha. I mean, their attack's looking good. Credit to Patrick Vieira. I think he's done a great job with that team. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of resources either. So, credit to him. So, which brings us to our prediction. Who's going to win, Palace versus Spurs? See, for me, Palace gives all the big teams trouble. I mean, if you want to consider Spurs a big team at this point. I Palace is at home. I think it's a draw. Tottenham goes go down 2-0. Spurs. I think Tottenham goes down 2-0 and fights back again. They're 10 games without scoring first. We'll see. I think Antonio Conte is going to get this one and walk out of Selhurst Park with a win. Three points. Okay. We'll so I see. think Spurs will get a result. All right. Which brings us to the last game of the Premier League rounds, which is the biggest one of all. On Thursday, we have Chelsea against Manchester City. And where's this one being played at? This one is at Stamford Bridge. At Stamford Bridge, okay. Yes. This is going to be a good game, I think. I mean, it's a big game for sure. Chelsea are going to want to get a result against City after that draw. And City are going to want to... Get a result City after their draw. Points. Yeah, I think they City need to, has I mean, to get points. City has yeah. to get points. That's for sure. Yeah, especially if Arsenal beats Newcastle on Tuesday, then all the pressures on them. Arsenal sit ten points above them. That's a big gap. That is a huge gap. I mean, some storylines. Chelsea might have one or two new players by the time the game rolls around. I don't we'll think see if it helps them into their the squad though that line. quick. If they announce them today or tomorrow, it's possible. I've seen Chelsea start players with less time. But City, again, it goes down to how much quality City has. 
and the form that Chelsea's been in. I mean, they're so up and down. You never know what you're going to get, what Raheem Sterling is going to show up, what midfield of Chelsea's is going to show up. Sometimes they look like world beaters. Other times they look like Liverpool. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, they're hurting on injuries. Reese James going out again. Poor guy. He's definitely one of their best players. I know. You hate to see it. You do. You, you, I mean, he's a fun. He's a, definitely a fun player to watch, even though he's you know an Arsenal rival. But he's he's a fun player to watch for sure. The way he gets up and down that right side. And yeah, I mean, City. I mean, the, the big Cup? question for Chelsea is: Can they stop Holland from scoring? Yeah. I mean, can they stop can, the distribution to Holland? Those are all going to be big things. It's their, how they do defensively. I think will determine what happens in that game. I, you know, I agree. I also think it's going to be that midfield battle. I mean, arguably the best midfield in the world against who knows who's going to start for Chelsea. We'll find out. I think this is going to be a very back and forth affair. I think. Holland continues the hot streak, but Sterling gets revenge against his old squad. I went with a 3-3 draw. 3-3, wow. Yeah. I I would say a 1-1 draw. Okay. I just think both teams have a lot going forward, and defensively both teams have not been playing very well. I don't think Chelsea does anything to stop Erling Holland. But on the same side, City looked very frail at the back. They I just been think they goals. push too many players forward. Chelsea catches them on the counter. I think Kai Havertz will have one or two, and Sterling will get a goal against his former squad. Well, that's a great storyline, Sterling against his old team getting a goal. I, That'd be fun. I agree. I agree. All so right. we got some good that, games in the Premier League this yeah. week. I know, all midweek. God bless the uh, holiday fixtures. That's right. Which brings us thick and fast to the next one, which is the oldest competition in the world for club soccer. And that is the FA Cup, which is played on ESPN Plus. On Friday, coming thick and fast after playing on Tuesday. A couple of games to watch. We got Manchester United versus Everton. Well, we'll see what kind of squads show up in that game. You know, if you're Man United, this might be a chance to rest some players. Uh, if you're Frank Lampard, maybe making it through in this FA Cup is a way to kind of salvage your season. That is possible. Yeah, I, for Manchester United, there's looking like there's no way you're going to, unless you beat Barcelona and somehow make it to the final of the Europa League, it, there's looking like next to no possibility for a trophy besides the FA Cup. I think Ten Hag puts out a strong squad. Maybe takes out some of his big players once the game is done, done and dusted, but I I think he has to at this point. It might be come the end of the season, depending on their form and how close it is, they might not be able to get into the Europa League if they get some struggles down the stretch. That's true. So making it into that FA Cup final might be a, might be a priority. It, it might we'll be. I definitely think... United should get a result against Everton and progress. I do too. No matter what squad plays, I think yeah. they should get the result. I mean, when you're um, a club like Manchester United, you know, you expect to do good in all the competitions you're in. Yeah, especially with the form Everton has been in. I don't I don't really see it going any other way, but it's the FA Cup. It's the cup of underdogs and surprises. That I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way. All right, Saturday... Highlight a couple of games. We got Bournemouth versus Burnley. What do you think? We'll see. I mean, Bournemouth, like I, like we mentioned, aren't in the best form. Burnley playing their football in the championship. So you expect a Premier League team to beat a championship team. But as we yeah, know, I mean, Burnley, Burnley, Burnley just a got tough relegated last year. So they're roughly the same squad they were when they got relegated. We'll but, see how that goes. I mean, yeah, I think, you still expect the Premier League team to win. So I, I would expect Bournemouth to get a result in that game. Yeah. I mean, I personally, I went with the upset. I think Burnley's going to pull it out just because Bournemouth has a thin squad. They're, 
you know, not in great form. They play on Tuesday, turn around, play again Saturday. Burnley's used to it. They play in the championship, which is two games a week, every single week, and then you get a cup game on top of that. I just, I think with the form Burnley's been in, that they are able to pull out the upset. All right. Next, Middlesbrough versus Brighton. I also want to highlight what Middlesbrough did against Arsenal last season in the FA Cup, beating them at home. Burrow have a good squad. I will see, again, Brighton playing in the Premier League. Expect them to get a result, but you never know which squad is going to come up. If Brighton decide to play their their first team squad, I think Brighton gets the result. If they don't, then I think Burrow gets one over on them. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think Brighton, even with their bench, have too much quality. But it's a very intriguing game to watch. Middlesbrough had some upsets last year. It could be another one for them. We'll see. All right, FA Cup Saturday. My game to watch, Coventry versus everyone's favorite, Wrexham. As you all know, recently bought by Rob McElhaney and Ryan Reynolds. If you haven't been following this documentary on FX, please do, because it is fantastic. You can't help but root for them. It They're is, on it top is of a their good league. documentary. I mean, it's so good. Even my wife was not very into football. We were watching that show and she got into it. So it was, even if you're not a big football fan, it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I picked it ultimately is small team. They're high flying right now. They can't stop scoring goals. They're fun to watch. I mean, it's not as graceful as the premier league is, but you know, some of those lower league teams, it, it's so scrappy and fun to watch that you can't help. It reminds me a lot of playing as a kid. Yeah. So I think Wrexham pulls it out against Coventry, but we'll see. Coventry's a, he- a couple of leagues ahead of them. Wrexham's on a high. It's a big game for them. Yeah, and like you said, it's hard not to be a Wrexham fan after watching that that show. Yes, I 100% agree. All right, next up. Two Premier League teams, Liverpool against Wolves. I think Liverpool will get the result against Wolves. I agree. Even, even if they I play their young they, players. Yeah, I think Liverpool plays their young players who are pissed off and fresh and wondering why they haven't got a chance, so they take it out on lowly Wolves. I don't think it's close. I think it's a blowout. <laughs> and then we got... City and Chelsea for the second time in a week on Sunday. This one is at the Etihad. So I always find it interesting when teams play each other twice in one week. And it usually seems one team doesn't win both games. At least to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I I don't know. It's tough to say. So if City beat Chelsea, I think Chelsea might come back and get a result here. Okay. I personally, I mean, that City bench and their reserve players are better than any other team's players. I think Pep plays a weekend squad by their standards. And they just, I don't think Chelsea can do it twice. I think with the players they have in reserve, they're not the same quality and no matter what the result is, I think Pep wants to win every trophy humanly possible. I so think did you think Chelsea or Man City would win the first matchup? I, I called it a 3-3 draw. And a I draw, called this okay. One so now you're as, thinking City will win in the I FA Cup. I think City will win this one. It'll be close, but I think they have the quality to pull it out against Chelsea. Okay. And then one that we personally probably want to watch, but not really anybody else does on Monday, Oxford United against Arsenal. The intriguing one of this is it's an FA Cup game, but it's in Oxford. Okay, well, I mean, you know, I think Arteta will definitely rest his squad for that game. So we'll see if Oxford can get an upset against Arsenal. Of course, we'll we'll always root for Arsenal for them to win. But, you know, those younger those uh, teams further down in the leagues, they usually want to 
step up and play a good game against these big boys in the Premier League. Yeah, and I mean, that's what makes the FA Cup such a good competition. Another storyline to watch here, though, Tyler, as we both know, Emil Smith-Rowe, this might be the return of the prodigal son of Hale Ed. Well, that's good because he's been out for a while. So hopefully he's hungry to get back in that squad and show what he can do and kind of push Arsenal on in that game. Yeah, I mean, he's I think we'll so... also see the likes of Marquinhos and Fabio yeah. Vieira, Sambi Laconga. El Nini so, will play as well. So those are still uh, little Rob holding action. players. Maybe we see uh, Holdinho come out of his shell. <laughs> we'll see. I personally, I just think Arsenal, even they're like, I know this isn't a topic that would have been discussed two or three years ago, but Arsenal's defense is just so deep. They have one to two players at every position on defense. And you got Matt Turner backing up Aaron Ramsdale. I just, I don't see any way Oxford scores, whether unless it's a mistake on Arsenal's end, which is very prone to happen. But I think Arsenal, they take care of business. Niketia plays, gets a couple more. Smithrow maybe gets one. Marquinhos, when he wants to play, he's a stud. I see him tear it up in the Europa League. He's hard to defend. So we'll see how stout that Oxford defense is. And now uh, uh, something that Tyler and I really wanted to cover because the English Premier League is covered so much all the time. We are going to now cover notable games from around the world this week. First off, we have on the 7th, which is Saturday, we have Villarreal against Real Madrid. So yeah, Real Madrid are coming off a, a win against Valladolid. Um, it was a scrappy game. I mean, I, yeah. honestly, I don't think Real Madrid probably deserved to win that game. Uh, the first goal, Benzema gets a penalty off a, off a handball from a corner that I thought was pretty harsh. Valladolid gets a man sent off. Mm-hmm. And then Benzema gets a, another goal off a great run from Kemavinga. Okay. But Thibaut Courtois had to make a lot of saves in that game and keep Real Madrid in it. Yeah, I mean, defensively this year, Madrid don't look great. On the other end, they look fantastic going forward. So it's more of a story of can they keep balls out of the net? Villarreal is looking pretty good coming off a two-one, a huge 2-1 victory over Valencia. So yeah, we'll this see is what happens. Be a, a walk in the park for Real Madrid. Villarreal are going are gonna to push them. Yeah, and I know you had said something about your player to watch, Jeremy Pino. Let's let the public know a little bit more about him. Yeah, plays for Real, young winger. He hasn't been tearing it up this year, uh, but last year he he tore up La Liga. So we'll see if he can kind of get his season back on track and rolling here against uh, Real Madrid. Yeah, I know he's been linked all over the place from Juventus to Arsenal to PSG. I mean, he's one to watch for the future. This game should be very intriguing. I think it will be. Almost as intriguing as the next game that we're going to cover in La Liga. Yes. Which is one of the biggest games of the year. We have Atletico Madrid against Barcelona. Now, Tyler, I'm glad I didn't butcher it this time. Because I didn't find out that it wasn't Atletico Madrid until just recently. Yeah, it's not Atletico, it's Atletico. There's no H in Atletico, <laughs> Atletico Madrid. And they're coming off a good 2-1 or 2-0 win against El Elche. Uh they had a their first goal was a little chip cross from Griezmann to Jao Felix and he headed that in. And then their second goal, man, you got to go and watch it if you haven't seen it. So Alvaro Morata beats two defenders. And then he takes a shot that gets deflected way up in the air. He kind of falls to the ground and the ball loops into the goal. And Morata doesn't even know it because he's turned the other way. And so it's around on the ground acting like he's hurt. It it was funny. So he wasn't acting like he was hurt. He just took the shot, (laughs) kind of fell down and the ball looped up and went in and he didn't even know it. So it was definitely a fun, funny goal to see. So I would check that out. But in that game, there were three red cards in that game. 
So it was it was a feisty affair. Yeah. You know, Atletico had one red card and then Elche had two, so Yeah, and you know, personally for me in that game, I mean, you got the number one storyline of all of it is Antoine Griezmann. He's got pink hair now. He does. Uh, did you see it? Yes. Bright pink hair, yeah. Well, apparently it worked for him. He had a beautiful little chip to João Felix for him to head in. So if, yeah. I think Atletico are looking pretty good. Barca, they're coming off a 1-1 draw against Espanyol. Yeah, can they do it without Lewandowski? I don't know. Yeah. There's also, uh, in that Barca-Espanyol game, there was two red cards, one to Jordi Alba. Mm-hmm. And there was another one to an Espanyol player, so... Yeah, I believe that was the uh, the ref that did the Netherlands-Argentina game in the World Cup and gave yeah. out the exact same number of cards. In so that I think game. he's put out, what, in his last two games, 30-something cards? Yes, yeah. And he was 13 in the um, Argentina-Netherlands game and then right around the same amount for this, this last Barcelona game. So and you know what's funny is there's a player who played in both those games and didn't get a single yellow card. Do you know who that player is? Uh, no. Frankie de Jong. Oh. That's a fun stat. Yeah, kind yeah. of interesting. Especially with how much he's on the ball, you would think he would have at least got one. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. So, Barcelona... Atletico, always a huge game. Did you see where that one's at? Oh, it's at the – are they still playing at the Metropolitan uh, yeah. Metropolitano, if I pronounce that right? I think personally that might give Atletico the advantage playing at home. Game's on ESPN+, Plus, so if you want to check it out, it's right there to watch. And La Liga's in a tight race. Barca and Real Madrid are tied on points at the top of the table. Yeah. It's it's going to be down to the wire. It's who can stay consistent the longest. In games like this, that is why one team will be above the other. Changing gears, going to Italy. They're finally back after the World Cup. See, we got yeah. a huge ah, one go. on Wednesday. Inter Milan versus Napoli. Inter's in fifth with 30 points. Napoli's in first with 41 how do you see this game playing out, Tyler? Napoli, man, they're on a roll. I don't think they're going to stop. Inter really need a result, not only to get back into that, at least somewhat into the talks of the title race, but I think Napoli gets one over Inter. Their last game, they they won 3-2 over Udinese. Inter Milan are also coming off the win prior to the World Cup, 3-2 versus Atalanta. But... I don't yeah, know. We'll I mean, see how Romelu Lukaku and Lutaro Martinez do. Yeah. But I think Napoli get one uh, over Inter on this one. Yeah, it's it's hard for me because Napoli is on fire right now, but you can't uh you can't underestimate the you know how big of a win that was for Inter Milan over Atalanta. That's got to give them huge momentum. I think it's close. I'm going to go for a draw. Okay. Um, especially because it's at the San Siro. Next well, this up, will be a big test for Napoli and and their title, title run. Race, so we'll yeah. see. It'd be huge. Next up, we got huge, huge game with a lot of history. On Sunday, we have Milan versus Roma. Yeah, Milan, they're sitting in second place, 33 points. Their last game before the World Cup, they won 2-1 versus Fiorentina. And Roma, they're in seventh place on 27 points. And their last game before the World Cup was a 1-1 draw versus Torino. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how the break has helped. I know both teams had a lot of players at the World Cup. Roma's probably thankful that Dybala didn't play much for Argentina. I mean, since November, that's a long time not to play for such a big game to be the first one back. It is. We'll see. Uh, right all back into it. Think all fast. Serie A games are on Paramount Plus. Go check it out. I just, I think, I think Milan has too much for Roma in this one. I'm going with 
Olivier Giroud to get a brace. I was thinking a, a 2-1 win for Milan as well. There you go. All right. Now that we have covered all your games to watch, let's get into the fun part. January transfer window. It is open, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go over January's top transfer rumors. Now, we're also going to cover if these players would be a good fit for these teams because you might not know who these people are. All right, now I'm going to butcher this name. This one apparently yeah, about to be announced it. by Chelsea. <laughs> we got Benoit Um, 37 million euros medical scheduled apparently via Fabrizio Romano for the next 24 hours. Tyler, do you think he's a good fit? He's pretty young, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I mean, we'll see. Chelsea obviously need a striker, whether this this guy can be it. I, I want to correct you, Tyler. He's a center, central defender. Central defender. Okay. Yes. I thought he was a striker. Yes. I mean, Chelsea did sign a kid named Fofana. Fofana. That's who it was. That's um, earlier, a couple of days ago. Um, but he's 19. Uh, Badashale, he is supposed to be their um, cheaper alternative to Guardiola. So We'll see. We'll see how long it takes to get him adapted to the Premier League, but I, I don't think he starts for Chelsea, no. No, no. But with their aging back line, uh, with Kubabali and Thiago Silva, I mean, their average age of their center backs is 35. I think they do need that extra bit of youth, especially as the season goes on. I think it's a great signing for Chelsea. I Like, I, like you said, I don't know if he makes an instant impact. But they do need more depth, so I think it's a great signing for them. Might be one for the future for them. Yeah. Um, news just in as well today. Arsenal have activated one-year extensions for William Saliba and Bukayo Saka. How big is that for Arsenal? That's good for Arsenal. Those are two other standout performers this year. Yeah. Arguably their best player going forward and their best defender. So, I agree. And with both of them going into their last six months of their contracts – it prevents other teams from coming in and negotiating a new contract with them for free in the summer. Good job, Arsenal. Then. Yeah. Speaking of Arsenal, the rumor that just won't stop Mikhailo Mudrik to Arsenal. Apparently they've put in a second bid with more money up front. Targo, is this deal going to happen? We'll see. I think it'll depend on price. It's going to be how much Shakhtar willing to accept and, how much Arsenal are willing to pay. You know, as an Arsenal fan, I don't think they should break their transfer record for this player. I think they should try to get him for under that. If they can, I think he'd be a great signing. Adds lots of depth to our squad. Yes. Definitely be a great player. Because, I mean, he's not going to start if he signs for Arsenal. He's not taking out Gabriel Martinelli or Bukayo Saka. So he definitely would be a great player, I think, to come off the bench, though. Maybe kill off a game. Yeah. And could be one for the future as well. Yeah, I, Mudrik is a fantastic talent. Is he worth the hundred million that Shakhtar thinks he is? I, I don't think so. Well, and I mean, I the market I will determine Arsenal that. Should, see if anyone's willing to pay it. Yeah, I don't think Arsenal should break the bank for him. If they can do some sort of, you know, incentivized deal to make the deal look more enticing, I think it'll happen. I don't think Shakhtar will ultimately force Arsenal to pay $100 million for him because Mudrik wants to go to Arsenal. Uh, there's pictures today. I don't know if it's Photoshopped or not, but Mudrik in an Arsenal kit working out. Yeah, that's definitely Photoshopped. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but Mudrik's liking a lot of Arsenal's posts, posting him watching Arsenal play. He wants the move. If Shakhtar wants to let him go, the deal will get done. But ultimately, personally, I think if it doesn't happen now, it will happen in the summer. I think Arsenal might just be priced out of buying him in January. We'll see. Um, You know, like you said, he definitely wants to move. Whether he starts to force that move on on his end will, I think, kind of determine whether he leaves or not this transfer window. Yeah, I agree. Uh, And then one that looks 
destined to happen, at least at, li- at least leaving Atletico. Jao Felix, he's going to leave. He's only been really rumored to go to the Premier League and Arsenal and Man United, but the rumors just keep persisting. Yeah, we'll see where he ends up. I mean, he'd be a great, great signing for both players. It's just whether they want to put that money up front for a six-month loan. Yeah, I mean, both teams, they need a winger, at least more depth. The beauty of Jao Felix, though, is he can play all across that front four with United That's what and I was Arsenal just going to say. He can play on that winger. He can play through the middle. Yeah, he can even play up top. So Arsenal need uh, another hybrid striker. United need more depth on the wing and more quality going forward. It's who's going to be willing to pay the $21 million up front and the $6 million salary he has. That's a I don't lot think it's quite that much. I think, it's a, I think they're asking for an $8 million loan fee. And then plus his wages, it take yeah, it up the to thirteen package, million. The whole package is rumored to be twenty one million. So, but I mean, even that—that's yeah. that's a lot of money for a lone player. Yeah, with e- no guarantee even to of, buy. Even of Jao Felix's caliber. So we'll see. Next rumor, we got Amrabat, star of the World Cup, came out of nowhere. He's linked, been linked to everybody: Liverpool, Sevilla, or Atletico Madrid. All looking at him. I think he'd be a great signing for Sevilla. He could join his fellow Moroccan teammate, goalkeeper, Bonu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he would also be a great signing for Atletico Madrid, especially the style of play that they have. But Atletico does have such a good, deep midfield. I mean, they, they are getting older and aging. Do you put a 26-year-old Amrabat in there? I don't know. I, I, I think he should go to Sevilla if it's to either of those two clubs. Yeah. Personally, I, I actually think Liverpool would be a great fit for him, especially the form they're in right now. They need that extra bit of energy in there to help the other midfielders like Henderson, who you can start to see that his age is catching up to him. Potentially. I mean, he'd probably be fighting Fabinho for that position. Well, as you, as Man City has shown, all the great teams need more than one good center midfielder. So we'll see, especially in that defensive role, that defense needs some help. They've been leaking in goals like crazy. Yeah. I think he would be a good fit for them. Is he a long-term fit? I don't think so. I think he's more of a stopgap right now. For Amrabat personally, I think you're right. I think Sevilla is probably the best fit for him, at least long-term. Next up, we got Denzel Dumfries to Chelsea or Spurs. I think they both need that type of player. Chelsea a little less now that they have signed Badashali, and I probably have been butchering his name the whole time. But Reese James yeah, is out. So if someone knows how to really pronounce his name, please yeah. let us know. <laughs> yeah, please let us know. Uh, I yeah, I haven't heard much of him, but we did see him on the French national team. So. Um, yeah, both teams need a right back. Both team kind of need a center back. Yeah. And that's, what's great about Dumfries is he can play right back and center back. Yeah. And I mean, obviously with Reece James, James going out injured again, Chelsea could probably use someone in that position. Yeah. And Spurs like right back. I mean, Emerson Royale has not looked good at all this season. So yeah, I think he wouldn't be a terrible signing for Spurs either. I don't think either one would be bad for him. Yeah. Um, personally, I think Chelsea needs him less. I think Spurs probably get him in the end. They need more cover and, you know, someone to give competition to Royale because he's not playing well. Yeah, would be a great signing for Spurs. All right. Next, we got probably the craziest transfer rumor of this entire window so far. The swap for Jack Grealish and Rafael Leal from City... To AC Milan. It literally makes no sense to me. What are Not your if you're Milan. Yeah. I mean, I know City want him, but come on. That is like one of the worst deals you could possibly do. If you're Milan, if you're yeah. City, it'd be literally the best deal ever. <laughs> I mean, you get a poor out of form Jack Grealish off your books and you get Rafael Leao, who's much younger than Jack Grealish. Yeah. 
And arguably, at this point in their careers, I think Rafael Leao is actually a better player than Jack Grealish. He's been flying for Milan. Yeah. You know, he got a little bit of a look in for Portugal at the World Cup, played a few games, I think he got a couple goals. Yep. So I think it would be great signing for Man City if they can pull that one off. I don't think they will. I don't think so either. Fantastic for him. Unless they throw a ton of cash with him just to lower that transfer fee because Rafael Leao is going to be one of the most expensive transfers in the world at this point. When it when he does leave, yeah. Yeah. Which I think is inevitable, but to City with that swap, I don't think that deal happens. No. Yeah. Um all right, just fresh off his World Cup victory, being one of the standout stars Alexis McAllister to Juventus. I don't think that happens. Yeah, I don't think it happens either. I mean, especially with Juventus lacking money right now and not having a board. I don't. How do you even get this deal done? And McAllister is going to go for a pretty penny when he does leave now. His stock oh, rose yeah. quite a bit after this World Cup. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think – I think I'm in agreement with you. I don't think he leaves until the summer. Brighton have got a stellar season going. I think he finishes the season out. Same. All right, the big one. $120 million transfer. Enzo Fernandez to Chelsea. It's looking like Liverpool are pulling out of that race because they don't want to spend that kind of money. I think Chelsea are going to pull out too because that's just too much money. Personally, Todd Bowley, they need a midfielder. He's a star now. Benfica, probably the best team in the world at getting ridiculous transfer fees out of teams. I mean, they've raised over $500 million with their top 10 transfers. It's insane. It is. They, I think they, it they definitely know how to produce some young talent and sell, sell them for quite a bit. Yeah, I think it happens. Clubs. I think Chelsea get Enzo Fernandez just because everyone else is going to want to wait for Jude Bellingham in the summer. They're going to cost right around the same amount. Chelsea needs someone now. He's a fantastic talent. I think they get him. And think of what you just said. You just said Enzo Fernandez and Jude Bellingham going for the same amount. If you had your pick of those two players, which one would you pick? Jude Bellingham, hands down. Yeah. I don't think Enzo Fernandez close. goes for that amount of money. He's a great player, but not $120 million worth. No, but you know, with Todd Bowley and his checkbook, I think Benfica probably get away with it. All right. All right. We'll see. I don't think it Transfer does, the- but... Transfer that just happened this summer. You know, Frank Kessie moved from AC Milan to Barcelona. They're already trying to get rid of him. On a free, yeah. Spurs coming in, looking like they might try to get him. Thoughts? I don't think it makes Spurs any better. I feel like their midfield's pretty good. Rodrigo Bentenker, Emil Holberg, Basuma. You know, maybe he comes in and adds a little bit of depth. But it seems like he's not happy... He's not happy playing at Barcelona, mm-hmm. so I don't know if he'd want to come to Spurs and potentially not play. No, I. they have so many players that have, like play exactly the same. With a guy who's not used to the Premier League, I, I don't see it happening either, unless Barcelona just want to get his wages off the books and it's a steal. Yeah, if, if it's for the right amount, maybe Spurs might go in for him. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't, I don't think this one happens. Um, one a little bit more likely to happen. Marco Asensio from Real Madrid to Man United. I think this one's very intriguing. It is. I think he'd be a good signing for United. He'd be huge, huge signing. You know whether because I'm guessing they deploy him out there on the left. I yeah. know Rashford kind of likes to play out there, but they might decide to play Rashford through the middle instead of Martial. Mm-hmm. So I think it could be a good signing. It might hinder the development of that young Garnacho, but mm. yeah, I don't, I don't, I think it's huge because, you know, if we look back to last summer, Marco Asensio was looking at like the worst season of his life, essentially not playing well, being on the bench for Madrid. Ancelotti takes a gamble on him this season. He's playing out of his boots this season compared to last He's been season. Playing well. Yeah. Played well for Spain. United get him. I don't know if it's the right move for him personally, but it'd be huge for United. So we'll see. I mean, potentially, I think it could be a good move for him. Yeah. Whether his style of football suits the Premier League, that's where I am a little concerned. Yeah. I thought the same about Bruno, though. 
and he's tearing it up and has I been did for not. a while now. So I remember watching Bruno for sporting and he was pulling all the strings for that team against big clubs. Yeah. I knew he'd be a great signing for me, Man United. I think so too. Uh, Jude Bellingham in the transfer mill again. This time, Real Madrid's interested. They want to do the deal now. Do you think it happens? No. I don't either. Not until summer. I I think it'll be interesting to see. Dortmund apparently have a sit-down with him before the season starts at the end of the month. Whether or not he leaves in the summer or in January, Real Madrid would have to offer a ridiculous amount of money to get him They off would. The I mean, they're sitting tight at the top of La Liga with Barcelona. So I don't know. Maybe they see getting Jude Bellingham pushing them to first place and winning the, the title. I think it's more of uh, we need to get this guy before anybody else does because he's that good. Um, I don't think they're signing him for this season. If they do sign him, I think he'll stay at Dortmund and they'll just agree to a fee for it to go through in the summer. But I think you're right. I don't think he leaves Dortmund till the end of the year. I still my my odds on favorites are Liverpool for Bellingham. Whether or not they can afford him is a different story. Obviously, I would like your prediction of him going to Arsenal <laughs> after they win the league to be the winner, but I got to go unbiased. I think he goes Liverpool this summer. I don't think Madrid want to spend that much. I think they'd rather spend it on Mbappe. Yeah, so that kind of raises the question, who does Real Madrid go after? Look after Mbappe or Jude Bellingham? Yeah. With an aging Karim Benzema, I think they would rather go for Mbappe, but time will tell. Maybe they, after being burnt by Mbappe, they don't want anything to do with him. We'll see. Speaking of United, Marcus Turam, he's in the last six months of his contract and can negotiate with anybody right now. Mushin Goblak is, you know, eight put, they're in eighth place, five points off the, you know, Europa League spots. Does he leave and go to United? Do they put a bid in now? That's tough. I know, you know, he came out and said that he would like to help Munchen Gladbeck get to that Europa League spot, but he also said if one of his four dreams, dream clubs comes after him, that he'd like to leave. One of those yeah. clubs was Manchester United. Yeah. And with, you know, him being in the last six months of his contract, that's, United could sign him, who's a stellar player to sign, and have enough money to go after someone else. I you think know, maybe it's, it's a that no-brainer. situation where United sign him, but he saves it once and glad back till the end of the season. I think it would be a signing for now. Otherwise, they sign him for a free in the summer. I think they need the cover, especially since he can play up front as well. So you'd have him and Rashford kind of vying for the same position, and they can switch back and forth makes interchangeable pieces and makes that front line more dangerous. I just, I think it's going to happen. I think it's inevitable. I predicted before, before this rumor came out. So this wasn't me predicting something that I thought already would happen. Um, I just think the price tag is too good for United to pass on. Yeah. I mean, he, he probably wouldn't be starting for United, but he gives them depth. So, wouldn't hurt United in any way, especially if they can get him on a free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to the Yuri Tielemann situation with Arsenal. It's do you wait till the summer and sign him now for that with that contract for the summer, or do you pay the money to get him immediately? I think it's what United needs. And with the 10 million price tag, I think it works out perfectly for both clubs that way. You know, Gladback has enough time left in the window to find somebody else. All right. Last rumor of the day. Azadine Unahi. Apparently, Napoli has already put in a bid and been accepted. It's also linked to Leicester City. Plays at Angers? What do you think? If he goes to Napoli, if they can scoop him up, I think that's great. If Leicester can pull that off, wow, I would be... I'd be surprised and also impressed if they can. Yeah. Because I think he'd be a fantastic signing for Leicester. 
But if mm. you're Unahi, I think you'd prefer to go to the current leaders of Syria and Napoli. Yeah. And I mean, even if it's not till the summer, I mean, he wants to finish the season with Angers. I think Napoli, if they pull that off, what a signing after seeing him in the World Cup. Yeah. They, they're they on top of the league. Signing him, they'd only get better. Gives them extra depth in midfield. Only thing Leicester City has going for him is the lure of the Premier League. You could probably give him more money. But that's it. Napoli has the Champions League as well. I don't I don't think Leicester stands a chance in this one. I don't think so either. So those are our transfer rumors. That's all we have for today. Make sure to like, subscribe, give us your thoughts, correct us where need be, because I know we're not perfect. Find us on all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and wherever podcasts are found. Till next time. We'll see you later, you beautiful humans. All right. Cheers. Cheers.